Well, good evening. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again on the live Father Heart TV uh, webcast. I'm on my own this week. Barry's sunning himself on the beach in Florida. He's taken his mum um, down to see his brother, so he's away this week and next week. Um, so uh, last week he was on his own while I was away doing the Father Heart encounter um, this week it's me. Next week, um, very pleased to say that I've got Wynette uh, Hubrechta from the Netherlands joining me as a special guest. So uh, really looking forward to seeing what she wants to, what she'll be sharing with us. So next week it'll be Wynette with me and then the week after that, Barry will be back. Um, but I've seen a few photographs and, um, you know, the temperature's just a cool 28 degrees Celsius and he seems to be having a good time. So... Uh, good for him and Anne. They they deserve a good break. So that's where they are. Uh, so as I say, just me this evening and looking forward to what Father's going to do in our hearts as we look at this important topic of being carried by our Father. Last week, as I, as I mentioned, I was on the um, Father Heart Encounter that I was leading over at Cloverley Hall in Shropshire. We had a wonderful time. We had a really, really good time. Um, just it's just lovely I just love being in that environment where people's hearts are being transformed where people are having an encounter with the love of the Father and you know for some maybe it was for the first time and it's just it's just it's just a, a privilege to be there and to see people's change and to see people's faces change as um you know, they they journey through the week and our time together. We we had a great time. The team I had with me were, were fantastic. Um, Mike and Sue, Norman and Johanna, and Wendy and Carol were part of the team as well. And they just serve so beautifully and gently. It was it was great. And I'm kind of looking forward to my um, next school already. Um, the next encounter that I'll be helping Trevor and Linda lead is actually we're doing it in Switzerland. Uh, on the 19th to the 25th of June so it will be all of the sessions will be taught in English and then they'll be translated into French so um, you know really want to welcome you and invite you to join us or invite your friends to come along um, it's in Switzerland but it's quite near the French border so any people you know in France or um, in Switzerland uh, send them along um, all of the details are on our website fatherheart.uk down in the events section you'll find the event you can click on that and there's contact information and a link to the, the relevant website so that's the next school we've got coming up uh, Trevor's leading one in a couple of weeks time in Germany um, I'm not sure I think they've got a few spaces um, so go again go to the Father Heart UK website and you'll, you'll find a link for that and the contact details. Um, but, you know, these weeks are so important. They really are a transformation for, for people. And just for people to step into that revelation of love and to know that God is, is their father. is just a beautiful thing to watch happen. And I know for myself and the other members of the team, you know, we too have an encounter. You know, it's not just us imparting something, but it's... It's us really receiving as well 
and I know that happened for, for all of us. So, uh, great week. Thank you, those of you who are praying. Really appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, if anyone wants to come to well, either Germany with Trevor or Switzerland with both of us, you're very, very welcome. So, um, this evening I just want to talk about this, this important topic of being carried by our Father. Um, you know, I think the further I go on in this revelation and as my understanding of the love of God deepens, um, this becomes more of an important message for me because it's so contrary to what the world says and what the world believes. Because we live in a society, we live in a, in a world system, which is principally an orphan-based system. And that says that strength is good and weakness is bad. And, uh, you know, the problem is if we rely on our own strength, what we end up doing is, is, is relying on our own self-righteousness. We, we think we can do it. And the more I go on uh, on this journey, the more I realise how little I can do and how much my father can do. You know, the, it's like the smaller I become, the bigger he becomes. Uh, many of you, if you've been on, on, on schools or encounter weeks with me, you'll, you'll have heard me tell the story of when I was at boarding school when I was about 17 or 18 and I got into a fight with probably the strongest boy in the school um, certainly you know one of the best sportsmen and uh, not only was he a good sportsman not only was he physically very strong but he was also one of the most academic guys in the school and whenever two boys at my school got into a fight all of the other boys would kind of form the boxing ring around them and would cheer you know whoever they wanted to win the fight you know they would cheer them on shout their name well, it, thankfully, this fight wasn't very long because I lost, which was inevitable. But, um, you know, I suddenly realized no one was shouting my name. No one was cheering me on. And when the, the guy had got me on the floor and it was all, you know, pretty horrible. And, you know, I felt like crawling away and crying, basically. <laughs> um, you know, this other guy leant over me and pointed his finger in my face and said, just remember might is always right you know in that moment i kind of had enough wisdom to oh yeah yeah i'll agree with him you know because i didn't i knew what would happen if i disagreed um but i knew in my heart that of course is completely wrong you know that might is not right and, but sadly that's the, the world system that's that's what the world tells us and so we we fight and we strive and we perform we want to be we want to be the top of the pile. We want to climb the greasy pole. You know, it's we want to push ourselves forward. We want to make ourselves look good, um, and we we often do that to the detriment of other people. We push them down, and we stand on them in order to climb this greasy pole. But if it's a greasy pole, you know, inevitably we're going to slide back down. You see, this the orphan system says it's all about me, me, me. And I've got to look good. I've got to, I've got to have it all together. I've got to appear strong. And um, you know, if you sh if you show any sign of weakness, it's it's a very negative um, thing. And 
you know, so we're taught. We're taught at school, we're taught in our families, we're taught in our employment. Uh, sadly, we're taught in the churches that any sign of weakness is wrong, you know, and we've got to have we've got to have a have an image we've got to have a polished image and you know we've got to we've got to look good and you know sadly that leads to a lot of striving it leads to a lot of stress it leads to just a huge amount of performance and i don't believe it's the way jesus showed us how to live and i don't believe it's the way paul helped us to see you know that we could live you know i just I think what we've done is we've embraced a world system. And what I want to do this evening is take us back to the biblical system, the kingdom perspective. Um, because we, I'm seeing more and more that this kingdom perspective, it works. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, how much can I do? I don't know. <laughs> So I want to start just with a few verses from 2 Corinthians. First off, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 30. Paul says, If I must boast, I will boast of things that show my weakness. You know, I mean, that is so foreign, isn't it? That's so foreign to the world's way of thinking. It's so foreign to our way of thinking. You know, how often really do we boast in our weakness? And how often do we put our weaknesses on display and say, look at this, look at this. You know, we do everything to cover our weaknesses up. And mostly we cover them up with fig leaves. And uh, as, as we, we've seen before, fig leaves are not a very good covering. <laughs> um, but Paul says, you know, if I'm going to boast, I'm not going to boast about my success. I'm not going to boast about my strength. I'm not going to boast about my achievements. I'm going to boast of the things that show my weakness. And in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, verses 7 to 10, Paul writes this, he says, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, we, we often talk about... Um, the thorn in the flesh don't we you know and we don't like it we don't want it um and clearly paul didn't want the thorn in his flesh here you know he pleaded with the lord three times to take it away you know he sees it as a as a messenger from satan something to torment him something to distract him from what he knows he's called to and he he wants to be rid of it and those of us you know, many of us, I believe, we can recognise in our own lives the thorn in the flesh, can't we? We can recognise that there's that thing that niggles us and that grates in our heart and we kind of go, oh, we can't, sometimes we excuse it, don't we? You know, oh, that's, that's my thorn, that's the thorn in my flesh, it's, you know, it's popped up again and, uh, you know, 
we would like to get rid of it. Like Paul did. But Paul, Paul turns this round. You see, he, he describes his thorn in the flesh as a messenger from Satan. And clearly when it's not going to be removed from him, he, he turns this round because what this thorn is doing, whatever it is, we don't, we don't know. I mean, everybody's got their idea. But we don't really know what this thorn in the flesh is. But when he realises he's not going to be free of it, he turns it around and instead of becoming like a messenger from Satan that's tormenting him, it becomes something that he's able to use. See, because through accepting the thorn in his flesh, he's able to say, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, that's, that's the revelation he's had from the Lord, that the, the the, the Lord is going to give him grace to get through this. And it is in that moment that he actually recognises that this thorn is enabling him to be weak. But not only that, it's enabling him to begin to boast in his weakness because it's through his weakness that Christ's power is made known. And... Here was something that had come into his life in order to steal life from him. It was meant to be destructive. It was meant to be a distraction. But Paul embraces it. And through that embracing, it becomes a force for good. And it allowed him to recognize his own weakness and to be content with weakness you know i think it's 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 one thing when we can recognize our own weakness i think perhaps we can do that quite easily <laughs> but it's it's another thing to come to that place of contentment with your your weakness being content with with being weak and paul recognizes in these verses here that it's it's in order you know his weakness is in order that Christ's power can be made known you see we we don't recognize our weakness or we don't we're not content with it and you know that's that's the key for opening our hearts in order to allow the power of God the life flow of his power and presence to be seen through us see our our own strength will block the flow of his life and his love and it's as our heart is transformed by the power of love that we can become secure to rest in our weakness and it's that transformation that allows us to lay down our pride and self-sufficiency and to come to a place of relying on him that we can do nothing in our own strength that it's all about him it's not about us and what we discover in that moment and I kind of guess it's not easy for us but what we discover in that moment is we discover that the power of God can be seen in us that his life the Father's life, the Father's energy is seen, is made manifest through our lives. 
And so, I just simply want to ask a question of us this evening. What do you do? What do we do with our thorn? What do we do with the thorn in the flesh? Do we fight it? Do we want to be free of it? Yeah, you know, of course, of course we want to be free of it, but sometimes that's not the case, is it? And Paul recognised that in, in, in this passage that we just read, that as much as he wanted to be free of it, it's, it looks like he's not going to be free of it. And so he turns it round. And my question is, yes, if you recognise a thorn in your flesh, can you turn it round so that the power of God can be seen through it and through you and through your weakness? You see, if we can embrace the thorn in the flesh as Paul did, what we do is, what we find is, we embrace our weakness and it takes the focus off us and our ministry. It takes the focus off our own strength and productivity. And it brings us to a place where we can rest in him. You know, he becomes our resting place. And so I, I, I just want to, I want to ask that question of you this evening. I want to ask that question. What do, what do you do with the thorn in your flesh? Can you come to a, a place of accepting it and being content with it? And recognising that instead of something that has been sent to distract or destroy or torment, it actually can be turned around and become something that allows the power of God to be shown in your life. I love the, there's a few verses in Psalm 73. Psalm 73 verse 25 to 28. The psalmist writes, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all of your deeds. You know, and I think sometimes that's the cry of our heart. Help, you know, whom have I in heaven but you? See, we recognise that earth has got nothing to hold us. Earth doesn't attract us. The, the ways of this world don't attract us. And our, our eyes lift from this world and this world system and we focus on heaven. And our eyes can say, who have I got but you, Lord? You see, we, we know that our flesh and our heart fails. You know, we, we know we get tired and we know we get exhausted. We know... We lose vision, we know we lose heart, and we, we know we come to the end of ourselves. And we cry out, who have I in heaven but you? And we make the Lord the strength of our heart, and he becomes our portion. And maybe you're at that place today, maybe you're at the place of running out, you've run out. Maybe you're at that place of desolation, devastation. You know, you just feel like you come to the end of yourself. And I want to encourage you just to lift your eyes heavenward 
and let this be your cry. Yeah, my heart's failed, my flesh has given up, but you are Lord, you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I will put my trust in you. I will make you my safe place. See, that's what he wants to do, is he wants to draw us into the safe place. He wants to draw us into his safety, where we know that we've found home and we're safe with him. See, when we, 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 we try and do a lot in our own strength, don't we? You know, and I've seen people run on their own strength. I've done the same. You know, I've run on my own energy. I've run on my own strength. And, you know, I got to the place where I ran out. And many people get to that place. I, I actually think everybody gets to that place where they run out. And the tank's empty. And, you know, for some people it takes longer than others. But I, I, I think we all get to that place where we know there's nothing left. And it's in that moment that we, we either just give up or run away. Or we run into the safety of our Father. We run into his embrace. He becomes our refuge. He becomes our safe place, our strong place. We find our strength in him. The prob- <laughs> the crazy thing, of course, is we all wait till we've run out before we <laughs> before we run into the safe place. And I guess what I'm learning, and I want to encourage us with today, is, hey, what about running into the safe place before we run out? We don't have to be empty before we run into His open arms, His open waiting arms. We can run into His arms any moment of the day. And so don't wait till you've run out. Don't wait till you've emptied yourself. But run into his arms. You see, when we, when we recognize our weakness, when we recognize our dependency on him, we can allow ourselves to be carried by our Father. See, we all, we all want to do things for God, don't we? We all, we all want to be used by him. And in one sense there's nothing wrong with that motivation I believe it's, it's a pure motivation but the problem is it, it leads us often to think or believe that he needs us uh, and we start to think of all the things we can do for him to help him along and that's when we end up worn out see it's, it's actually very very different it's not about being dependent on our own strengths or our own resources but it's it's coming to that place of total dependency on him I remember the, the father said to me something one day and he said it almost as clearly as an audible voice he said Mark excuse me Mark I will bless what you do you know, when he said that to me, I was so encouraged. It's like, oh yeah, God's going to bless what I do. And then as I listened, I thought, hmm, there's a but coming. <laughs> and there sure was. You know, I felt the Father say, Mark, I will bless what you do. But it will be limited to what you can do. And that's so true, isn't it? You know, God does bless what we do. He loves to bless his children. He loves to pour his blessing onto our lives. He will bless what we do. He will bless what you do, but it will be limited to what you can do. 
And he said, Mark, why don't you get out of the way and let me do it? <laughs> and that is so releasing. That's so freeing. And that's what I want to do. That's what I've tried to do. There's a few verses in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 29, where Moses, this is kind of when the people have got to the other side of the Jordan, they're just about to cross over the Jordan, go and take Jericho and take the promised land. And Moses, the whole book of Deuteronomy is Moses telling the people of Israel their story and reminding them of what God's done for them and how God's led them and how he's provided for them, how he's been with them. Yes, he reminds them of the rebukes and the the, the challenges. He reminds them of what they need to do, um, you know, the, the law and everything else. But it's, it's just this beautiful story of the faithfulness of the Father. And in chapter 1, when they're right at the beginning of the story, they've just come out of Egypt. And, you know, this is what Moses says. He said, then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God, who is going before you, he will fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries a son. All the way. And all the way you went until you reached this place. And what I love about this passage is just a few verses before this, Moses tells the people how rebellious they are. You know, they're in rebellion, they're, they're living an independent life, they're doing it their way, they're, they're rebelling against what God's told them to do. And here in the middle of their rebellion, Moses says to them, this is the nature of your father. This is what God is like. You know, even though you're rebellious, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be terrified because God is still on your side. <laughs> he will fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt. You've seen it. You've seen it in the wilderness. You've seen how the Lord carried you as a father carries his son. See, even in that rebellion, the heart of the father is to reach down and pick his children up and carry them. Yeah. And it's the same for us. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. He is with you. And what he wants to do is he wants to reach down and put his arms around you and carry you. You know, we, we love to feel, you know, when we feel like we're carrying a backpack of burdens. You know, we love to feel we can take that backpack off and give it to him. You know, Peter says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. And we love to give him our, our rucksack, our backpack of burdens. And he takes them. He loves to do that for his children. Of course he does. But he wants to do something much, much more. He wants to reach down and carry us as a father carries a son. And I want to say to you today, don't be afraid. But put your trust, put your faith, put your hope in the Lord and let him be your strength. Let him be the one who carries you. Whatever you're facing today, and I know many of us are facing difficult challenges. Many of us are facing difficult seasons in our life, difficult decisions. Let him carry you. Let his arms be underneath you. At the end of the story, at the end of Moses' life, right at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, 
Moses kind of sums it up again like this. He says, there is no one like the God of Jeshurun. He rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. You see, we've got a picture there of incredible strength, incredible power. You know, God is mighty. God is strong. He is majestic. But yet, his everlasting arms hold us. You see, we think we do it all. We think it's all down to us, but yet he is there carrying us. We see the similar picture in Isaiah chapter 40, where in verses 10 and 11, Isaiah writes this, See how the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him, his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. See, at the beginning of Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah has written that God does not judge us. He's not angry. He's not distant. He doesn't hold our sin against us, but he has redeemed us and he's brought us back. And then he says, yes, 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 you've been rebelling. Yes, you've been doing it your way. Yes, you've been living in independence. But here am I. I want to gather you in my arms, just like a shepherd carries a lamb. And once again, we've got this incredible picture of a big, powerful, mighty God. But yet he's so tender and loving towards his children. He reaches down and carries us. You know, I think the thing I'm learning is I'm learning to rely more and more on his strength than on my own. Yeah, he'll bless what I do. He'll bless the works of my hand, but it's always going to be limited to what I can do. But I've got a God who is my strength. He will defend me. He will fight for me. He will act on my behalf. And I can rest in his strength. I can rest in that embrace rather than relying on my own effort. You know, he is more interested in loving us and carrying us than he is in all of our good works. Sure, you know, he's made, Ephesians tells us that there are good works made for us to do, good works which have got our name on. But he's more interested in us than he is with all these, with our good works. He wants to reach down and carry each one of us as a father carries a son. Now, I've got four grown-up children. The youngest one is 28, nearly, and uh, the others are older. I've got three daughters and a son. I could not carry them now. <laughs> they wouldn't want to be carried by me, you know. I, I can't, you know, it's not something I can do physically. I haven't got the strength to do it. You see, it's the little child that can be carried. I've got two grandsons. I've got a third grandchild on the way next week. Uh, just over a week's time, I can carry them. I can reach down and carry them because they're just little children. And they love being carried by Grandpa. 
They love being carried by their dad or their mum. You know, they, they just, you know, when they see me, they put their arms up for me to pick them up and carry them. You see, it's a child. It's a little child that can be carried. And what we've just read is we've, we've, we've read these passages, we've read these verses that demonstrate the nurturing, tender heart of the Father as he carries us through life's ups and downs, of which there are many. You see, it's a child that can be carried. And Jesus showed us that so many times. In Matthew 18, uh, the first few verses of Matthew 18, Jesus shows us something very, very important. You know, the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him this question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, I bet the moment Jesus started to answer that question, they regretted asking it. <laughs> I was kind of, I kind of imagined the disciples, Peter, James, John, Andrew, you know, all of the others. And they're asking Jesus, hey, Jesus, who's the greatest? And maybe Peter's thinking, it's going to be me. Maybe James and John are thinking, yeah, it's going to be me. But, you know, the moment Jesus starts to answer the question, they get a very, very different impression to the one they probably held. You know, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus took a little child put him in the midst and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest. See, in those few verses, Jesus shows us something really important, totally fundamental, but completely foreign to our way of thinking. Jesus says, you've got to turn. You know, you're walking in one direction. You've got to turn right around and you've got to walk in the other direction. You've got to change. You know, this, is, this requires a complete mindset change, a complete transformation. It's, it's a whole different way of thinking. It's a whole different way of living. Jesus says, you've got to turn right around. You're walking in the wrong direction. <laughs> you can't go on walking this way. If you really want to understand the kingdom, you've got to turn right round. You've got to become like a little child. Not childish, but you've got to have a childlike heart. You've got to humble yourself. Children, Little children are very humble. You know, there's no pretense. There's no pretense of grandeur. There's no pretense of greatness. They just, they just, they just know they're kids. And Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to humble yourself. And we find that difficult, don't we? That's a challenge. You know, humbling ourselves does not come naturally. <laughs> and Jesus says that's the key to entering the kingdom of heaven. See, he often took a child. He did it again in Matthew chapter 11. And uh, verses 25 to 27, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You know, I kind of think he's smiling when he says it. You know, Father, I praise you. I praise you that you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you're pleased to do. You know, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father 
and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. You see, Jesus said, the wise and learned don't get it, but little children do. And we spend so much time trying to become wise and learned. <laughs> you know, our whole system is to become wise and learned. School, education, families, you know, it's kind of like, if you get 99% an exam, what happened to the other 1%? You know, it's just like performance, performance, performance. And there's nothing wrong with being educated. There's nothing wrong with having a good mind. We, you know, God has given us our mind. He wants us to use them, but we do not relate to him out of our mind. <laughs> you know, when I go to the dentist, when I go to the doctor, I want them to use their mind. But we don't relate to God out of our minds. We relate to him out of our hearts. And Jesus says, if you really want to understand what this relationship with God is like, then you've got to have a childlike heart. So you've got to change, you've got to humble yourself. And, you know, if you're pretending to be wise and learned, you ain't going to see it. Because Jesus says, that's not the way. And it's, Jesus says, you know, let me reveal the Father to you. You see, I think what he's saying there is, let me show you what the father's like but you can only see that when you've got a childlike heart you can only really see the father when you've turned and humbled yourself and you're prepared to come in in weakness in dependency in that place of just relying on his strength allowing him to carry you as we've read those passages in Deuteronomy that he's a father who's going to do it all for you you don't have to do it yourself. He'll do it for you. And Jesus says the key, you know, is to come as little children. And then you can see what the Father's really like. Then you can see his strength. Then you can see how good he is. Then you can see and know that he's trustworthy. He's dependable. That you can rely on him. You see, can we... Can we humble ourselves enough? Can we lay aside our pride and independence? Are we prepared to let him reach down and carry us? means we have to lay aside our striving. We have to lay aside our goal-oriented way of life. We have to lay aside our works-based gospel. You see, his way is a way of rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus says, come to me. See, he says that, come to me. Immediately after he said, no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And I always think it should then say, therefore, come to me. You see, when we've had a revelation of the Father, when we know who the Father is, we can come in our weariness and feeling heavy laden and we can find that place of rest. We can take his yoke upon us. We can learn from him. We can discover the gift of rest for our souls. That's something we desperately long for. Something we desperately cry out for is rest. Rest for our souls. And sadly many people don't find that. They're so caught up with striving they're so caught up with performance. They're so caught up with trying to be big and brave and strong <laughs> that 
they miss out on this gift of having rest for their souls. And that comes as we allow ourselves to be carried by our Father. The message says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? If so, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Do you know that's what I want to do? I want to live freely and lightly. You know, I'm fed up with the performance. I'm fed up with the striving. I'm fed up with the the burden of trying to do it all myself. I want to follow the example of Jesus and the example of Paul and come in that place of weakness where his power can be seen through my weakness. You know, if I boast, I boast of my weaknesses. I want to be in that place where the father can reach down and pick me up and carry me as a father carries a child. It's a little child that can be carried. It's those with a childlike heart that are totally re- dependent and totally relying on their heavenly father. That he is the strength of our heart. Whom then shall I fear? He's more interested in you, in your time, in intimacy with you than he ever is with your activity. But sadly, we believe that our activity will win his heart. It's us that wins his heart, not our activity. If we're going to be carried, we have to recognise our own weakness that we can do nothing on our own, but we rely and depend totally on our Father. As we acknowledge our weakness, we recognise his strength. And that's what Jesus modelled, total dependency on the Father. Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I see the Father doing. And so we have an invitation. We have an invitation to come. Do we want our own strength or his power? Because our weakness becomes a key to us living in sonship. Because his strength, his power, his life is released through us. And that's the key to a life of rest. The invitation is to come. Come with a childlike heart. To allow the Father to pick you up and carry you. We're limited. Of course we're limited. But he isn't. You know, can we let go of the hurts, the unforgiveness, the guilt, the condemnation, the pain, the brokenness, the emptiness, the dryness, the barrenness, the desolation, the frustration of our own inadequacies? Can we let go of all of those things and allow him to carry us? Because if you do, you will see amazing things happen. You know, often I show the... um, the Team Hoyt video of the father doing a triathlon with his disabled son. You know, the son doesn't do anything. The father does all the work. But when they cross the finishing line, the son goes, yeah, I did it, I did it. You know, he's just been carried by his dad. And I just want to finish by playing a song. It's called I Will Run Into His Open Waiting Arms. 
And just as you watch this, the words will come up on the screen, just as you watch and listen to this, just let these words soak into your heart. Let these words be your prayer. You know, this is what I want to do. I want to run into your open waiting arms, for there I am safe. So let this, just let this song just be a prayer as we finish. Um, and just, just let the words soak, soak through you.
Father, would you help us just to come like little children? Father, would you help us to come like a child? And just to run into the safety of your open waiting arms. Father, thank you that your promise is to carry us all the way. All the way. You never grow tired or weary. Not like us. You can carry us all the way. Father, thank you that underneath our lives are your everlasting arms. And we just want to rest in your strength. We want to rest in your presence. We want to rest in the security of who you are. Father, just help us to find that place of safety. Father, help us to find that place of security. Father, help us to recognize that we really are just like little children. And to come to that place where, like Paul, we could say, I boast in my weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am strong, because your power is being made known through us. Father, thank you. It's not about us, but it's all about you. Thank you that you're so good and so faithful and you do bless what we do. But it will be limited to what we can do. And so, Father, I just pray. I just pray, Father, for all of us watching this now and all of us watching later. Father, that we would see with the eyes of our heart, we would see with eyes of revelation how powerful it is when we recognise our own weakness. Father, thank you. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. Um, Nice to see Barry popped in. Hope you're enjoying the sun, my friend. Um, Next week, as I said, I'll be back with Wynette, who will be uh, sharing with us. And then the week after that, Barry will be back and uh, it'll be the dynamic duo once again. But um, thank you all for being with us. Thank you for coming. And uh, this will be on the website a little bit later. So bless you and uh, good evening.